my name is Esther Marie. I am an author, a daughter, a sister, a friend. I live in Southern, beautiful California, and yeah, I love life. I'm an adventurer at heart. I'm an Enneagram 7, so I optimize every single moment for as much fun as I can possibly squeeze out of every second. And I am on a mission to empower singles to live and love the life right in front of them, not miss out on anything that God has for them. And on this journey, I am living it and learning myself. So this is my getting up story. Well, hey, girl, welcome to this week's episode of Get Up Girl, a podcast inspired by women of all cultures and backgrounds who have been toe-to-toe in the ring of discouragement, disappointment, defeat, and how they got back up to fight. Each episode, we'll be discussing, well, all the things. Marriage, business, parenting, racial divides, grief, loss, and everything in between. We believe that you will be encouraged by these women through their stories. So come on, girl, it's time to get up. Well, hey, gals, and welcome to another episode of Get Up Girl. This week, I have a unique conversation with a friend who I'm actually just talking to for the first time, like ever. Her name is Esther Marie, and she is a diamond, y'all. Esther is passionate about helping singles learn to love their life and discover their full potential. With a background in theological studies and humanitarian relief, Esther's message offers biblical truth paired with satirical stories to guide you along your journey of self-discovery. You can catch Esther riding waves near her home in California or playing with her nieces and nephews. She has a heart of pure gold and a love for God that is unwavering. I really believe you'll be encouraged after hearing this conversation, no matter where you are in your relationship journey. So come on, girl, let's get to it. Well, hi, Esther. Thanks so much for joining us on the podcast today via phone. So I noticed when it when you called, it came up California. Is that where you live? Yes, I live in Orange County, California. Oh my gosh, is that a dream? Yes, every day it's a dream. It's beautiful (laughs) blue skies today. I will say we do get our occasional, people don't realize, we do get like a bit of a chilly winter here. But other than that, if it's behaving, we get beautiful, sunny, warm days year-round. So today we are in good luck. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Have you lived there your whole life? No, I feel like I um I always say I've lived here. I had a second childhood here because I moved <laughs> when I was 21. Uh-huh. And um I grew up in South Florida actually. I grew up in Miami. Mm. And so just one coast to the next, right. one beach to another. <laughs> but I feel like in your 20s, you know, you're like growing up for, you know, a second time. And so I feel like I grew up here. I've been here for uh, over yeah, it'll be 10 years in May. So, wow. Um, yeah, so it's definitely home for me. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Well, yeah, good for you. I love it. Good for you. Yeah. And so you're in Boston, you said. Where are you originally from, though? Yeah. Uh, so originally from Louisiana, um, oh, okay. pretty much as far south as you can get. And um, yeah, now we're like almost as far north as you can get. So it's pretty bizarre. <laughs> 
So here we are. (laughs) Absolutely. Here we are. I'm so excited to have my coffee in front of me and I'm loving your accent. I'm like, I might start mirroring your accent by accident. And so just if I start sounding like Southern, just know it's because I have Magnolia Table coffee. Yes. (laughs) Yes, girl. That's so, that's so funny because I mean, obviously, you know, whatever accent you have, like you don't, you don't think about it, but one of, this is so silly but truly one of my fears when we moved up here to Boston was like, oh my gosh, am I going to lose my accent? And I, and I feel like I already have lost some of it, but it's oh funny because gosh. like I just went home like a month ago and Philip, my husband picked me up from the airport. Like when I flew back into Boston and within five minutes of being in the car, he was like, girl, I can tell you've been in the South. He was like, your country accent is strong right now. <laughs> I was like, oh, that is awesome. I so, want one. I need to go to Louisiana. Yeah, girl. Like that. It's, the, it's the cutest. <laughs> I love Southern accents. Well, thanks. Um, this is uh, this conversation is you're you're a very unique a conversation for me today because you're actually so you're you're technically the second person on the podcast that I've never met in person you and I have never met oh, um okay. so I I had an interview last week with a lovely lovely friend her name's Laura but I think her episode will air a little bit later than yours um okay. so she was actually my my first friend that I've never met and you are the second so this is wow. like I just love how God like connects people and orchestrates things. Um, So it's just really interesting that like, I mean, I've been following you on social media for a while and, Mm -hmm. you know, you and I are connected through uh, my now pastors, Josh and Stephanie Roberts, who are Stephanie's a longtime friend for you and all that. But it's just funny, like how God just puts people together and it's like, here we are talking on the phone and like, yeah, like why do we? Why even need to meet in person? You know, it's like we're already, you know, instantly connected. I know. I love it. It's like, I just, yep. I don't know. I just love how God does stuff like that. But, um, so yeah, actually, you know, I, I got, um, introduced to you via Stephanie and I don't even remember now this was, gosh, this was, I think right after we moved up here, but, um, Josh and Stephanie were talking about you one day and I think it was actually Josh that was like, you need to follow her on Instagram because he said, I feel like y'all would really click, like you would have a lot in common with her. And I was like, okay. And, but I don't remember now what brought you up in conversation. And so I started following you and, you know, just through seeing your posts and you have a new book that just came out. Oh my gosh. Which we're going to talk about in a little bit. Um, but I just like through Instagram, I was like, man, this girl is the real deal. Like, she you it's so evident like you love God you're passionate about God and his word and reaching others and you know we're going to talk about your story here in a second but um like you said just um right now just live in your story of this season of singleness and helping others thrive in their season of singleness and I don't know I just like just watching you on Instagram I'm just like dude this girl like she's the real deal I like her and at, when I messaged you to see if you do the podcast, I was so nervous because I'm like, I really hope she doesn't oh. think that I'm, you know, just there's just like weird people out there. And I'm like, oh. I hope she doesn't think like I'm some weirdo that's like, hey, will you come <laughs> be on my podcast? Oh, girl, <laughs> let me just tell you, if anyone's a weirdo, it is me. <laughs> well, good. That's reassuring. 
<laughs> I am the biggest weirdo. So if anyone's a weirdo, it's like, oh, okay, we're the same kind of weird. <laughs> yes. Okay. okay, good. I love it. We're in but good hands then. That is such a huge compliment hearing that because, you know, social media is like the biggest filter you could ever live behind. And right. I and try to do my best to both, you know, hold my private life, you know, with the right boundaries, but then also just be as transparent as as possible to give glory to God in the story that he's given me. So that's something that I'm constantly trying to include others. I feel like, you know, you either use social media to like build your fan base, you know, and Mm -hmm. make yourself the new celebrity influencer, or you can use it to connect, build community and serve others and make them feel so included and so seen. And I, yeah, I'm constantly striving. Like, how can I, how can I do that more? So thank you for saying that. That's really encouraging. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I love what you're doing and, um, you, you really do, you seem to really just get everything out of life. Um, and it's just so refreshing to see, you know, and, and just all your adventures. And I mean, I know obviously with life, it, you know, has its trials and its ups and downs, but, um, it seems that you just navigate it with such a grace and always putting God first. And so it's just very refreshing. So I got to say, um, but yeah, so let's just dive right in. Um, you know, can you just tell us a little bit about, you know, who you are and how you grew up, um, you know, your views on God when you were growing up? How did you come to know the Lord personally? Um, you know, just that that journey? Yeah, sure, absolutely. Well, I um, I had the beautiful blessing of being raised by amazing parents who truly loved Jesus, who got saved during, if people listening are familiar with the Jesus People Movement, my parents were a product oh. of that wild time of, um, honestly, history. Uh, my parents were both, like, hippies, and, you know, <laughs> my mom still to this day will not tell me her hippie name or anything about that season. I'm like, you must have really been a rebel. Come on. Oh, <laughs> my tell gosh. Tell me the good story. <laughs> but uh, that's okay, you know. Um, but, yeah, they were just on fire for the Lord and were really submerged in pouring it all out for him. And um, I grew up in Miami, Florida, where my parents were pastors at a church and missionaries. I, I, I would say I grew up as a missionary in Miami. Our whole focus was on the inner city um, urban community. And oh, so, wow. you know, I grew up with all my amazing, diverse, culturally, uh, cultural background friends and was the only white girl on the block, you know, and <laughs> that's all I knew. I mean, I had to, I had my hair, um, you know, plaited and, and, and beads. And I was, that was, that was the beauty of that season of life was just living in maybe what others might do as a, a bubble. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it was my whole world and like sharing the gospel, living it daily um, as my parents created bridges and built, built bridges in the community um, you know, to share the gospel. And so that was my introduction to the life of faith was just, oh, this is normal. This is normal. It wasn't like, oh, I grew up going to church every Sunday. Um, it was like, no, if we don't go, like no one can get in. We have the keys to the the church building and we had, we, we drove the bus. We went and picked up all of the kids and the majority of my church was young people teenagers and so we drove around the city picking up kids and you know dropping them off at church and um serving the community serving the homeless going into you know what people would consider um 
you know, like the poor areas. And we just, that to me, I'm just like, this is just, my, these are where my friends live, you know? Yeah. And, oh, gosh, and it was just it. the love of Jesus pouring out. And my, my parents just genuinely had a passion just to see lives changed and transformed. And um, not that we were perfect by any means, because everyone has their journey of figuring it out. And, um, but I'm so grateful that my parents just laid such a foundation of authentic, authentic faith. And so me and Jesus were homies from early on, but I will <laughs> say, uh, navigating religion, that was, that was my mm. process of transformation was how to lose my religion because religion really, um, there's a lot of fear in religion. There's a yeah. lot of rules and regulations. Mm-hmm. And um, Jesus ain't about that. He came to destroy that. He came to bring division between our rules and religion and true relationship and revelation of yeah. the kingdom of God. And so, you know, it was um, towards my my later teen years and early 20s where God began to confront my religion and confront my fears and all the rules that I was hiding behind and all the ways that I was trying to become the perfect, you know, the perfect girl, the perfect daughter, the, the perfect person. Um, and he's like, I don't, I'm not looking for your, your perfection after your people pleasing. It really was more of the fear of man that I was cultivating than the fear of God. Yeah. And, um, yeah, God began to say, Hey, I actually, I'm about to take you into a season where you're going to have to be stripped away of everything you thought was me, you know, in the image of God that you knew. Um, and it, and it was a journey of actually having to confront misbeliefs and untruths that I had partnered with. And I had lived my life out of up to that point because I was, I was taught to believe certain things that, you know, I think for a time served as well. But, um, once you kind of build your own religion and you call it God, um, you, you start to really, become controlling and insecure you don't realize you're you're so insecure and um you're not there's no fruit out of that all there is it's actually toxic yeah. you know yeah. <laughs> very toxic so yeah so um kind of to sum up my story a bit in where I am today why I have a book on singleness why I even am passionate about this why God has given me such a calling um, I said from a young age, I will say, Leanne, I've had such a calling on my life to preach this message of mm. living, living pure before God, mm-hmm. um, but in particularly hungering after righteousness in relationships and in how I live my singleness. Yeah. Um, and while there was some of that, you know, toxicity in my religious mindset, because I just wanted to be perfect and I wanted to please others and I was striving a lot, I will say once all of that was removed, the pureness of just desiring after holiness is what remained. Yeah. So, um, so from a young age, I went to the purity conferences. I signed oh, the yes. petition. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like you remember those days. Yep. yep. <laughs> it, it was a little weird, right? It uh-huh. was a little weird. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Like I wore my purity ring on my, my, my wedding ring. I was just you know, about to ask. Figure. Did you do the same? <laughs> yes. Ours was called true love weights. Is that what? Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. I had one that actually legit said purity on it. Like oh, nice. it was like, I'm not, no, we're not, we're not even going to try to hide this behind true love weights. I'm just going to say I like purity. That is my banner. That is my, 
branding. I am branded with purity. Also, let me just preface this with I was homeschooled growing up when it was definitely not cool to be homeschooled. Okay? Right. And I'm growing up in the hood in Miami. All my friends are like, you know, they're, <laughs> they're wild. And here I am, this little homeschool girl with all my siblings. And it was just an, it was an experience. It was a wild ride. Um, but I just see so much of God's God's purity in that true purity, not just this uh, purity defined by virginity or purity defined by, oh, I'm not going to, all these rules and regulations that we've uh, created. So during that time, you know, I was really passionate about that. And that purity movement was, I will say it was, it was special because I really believe that those who were um, leading that movement had the, had the intentions and motivation to restore um, a heart for righteousness, a hunger for righteousness, mm-hmm. because we had just come out of the sexual revolution. And um, yeah, there was recklessness with sexuality. Mm-hmm. So with that, you removed love from the context of sex. You removed relationship and process and journey and context. And not that even everyone embraced um, you know, sex and marriage as being instituted by God, but majority, especially of Americans, the traditional mindset was that, of course, yeah, you date, you court, you get married, and then you have sex. You like it was just, yeah. you know, and and so the trajectory of just where we were at culturally was such a mess that I believe that the sexual um, or the purity movement came in so heavy and so strong you know, with the purity balls and the rings and the, you mm-hmm. know, commitment to save yourself and all that was so strong because it, the movement before that was yeah. even more wild. So I want to context that out. A lot of people, when they speak out on this topic, they want to condemn it and they want to be like, how, you know, so many rules and you've brainwashed us all and now we, none of us are, you know, it's like, <laughs> It's a mess, man. It really is a mess. If you go on TikTok right now, there's some stories to tell. Oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah, but you know what? God God redeems it all. He's bigger than it all. And I believe right now he is saying, hey, let I, I, we're going to retell the story. We're going to redefine purity. We're going to redefine dating. And um, I'm going to restore my true image back to this. Mm-hmm. And all of the you know people my age, millennials, um, or a little bit older that went through that season, I believe he's bringing healing to them right now as many of us are still single and navigating dating and confused and lost and hurt and broken. And I believe God is saying, hey, I have a new movement and it's a movement of my true love and my and, and not rules, but of revelation. Yeah. And so God has just given me this, yeah, this mandate where I started nine years ago. I had never been kissed. I had never gone on a date. I was like, I just thought I was going to get a man, a husband, Amazon Prime delivered to my front door. <laughs> and it was going to be based on the amount of letters that I wrote to my future husband every single day, prayers that I prayed, times that I fasted, interceded. I thought, okay, the longer I stay a virgin and pure <laughs> in this mindset before marriage, then the hotter my husband's going to be. And it's yeah. like going to happen, you know? The I don't taller need date, and like, the hotter fine. he'll be. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, um, you know, it was just really weird. Lots of strange uh, ideas back then. But God really began to to make, yeah, confront my my fears and my mindset. And, um, and it was uncomfortable. But he began to invite me into a new season of stepping out and trusting him and learning to live and love the life in front of me without, um, yeah, these rules and regulations. 
Mm-hmm. And so that's when it all began. I said, okay, I think it's time for me to start dating. I really feel like God's saying, hey, let's start living this life, not just waiting for something to happen. Yeah. And and and, and over and mysticizing and misappropriating spiritual truths and, and really allowing God to be with me as I make decisions. And so nine years later, here we are. Uh, I started writing the book nine years ago when I started dating and started engaging in life, not just dating. It has way less to do with me finding the one as it had to do with me finding myself and finding my true faith and just living life undefined by a relationship status and undefined by the need and the pressure to feel like marriage was the finish line. Yeah. Yeah. And the name of your book is Single Shouldn't Suck, which I love. I actually ordered your book. It'll be here tomorrow. Um, Oh my gosh. So. Yeah, so I definitely um, want to read through that. But I just, I love the title. I'm like, yes, single shouldn't suck. That is so yes. true. Um, but can you just kind of walk us through, you know, you said you started writing this book nine years ago. So um, mm-hmm. over the course of nine years, what has that process been like for you? I mean, you know, nine years ago, did you set out to write a book? Or was it just kind of like nine years later, you're like, hey, this could be a book. I mean, like what, what was that whole process like? You know, I feel like you're not going to believe me when I say that I literally sat down. I know the exact moment, the exact spot. Cause I was already a writer. I had already published, um, I've published five books so far. That was my, uh, I already had. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, yeah. So I had already, I think I had, yeah, one book out so far at that point. And, um, and I knew there was like so many books in me, but at that time, I knew I was going to have to put in the time to write that one, and I wanted to be transparent with my journey because every book that I tried, that I read, and the messages that I was looking for, everything revolved around the pursuit of a spouse. Everything revolved around either finding the one or becoming the one, and nothing validated my season of singleness. Yeah. Nothing made me feel like my season mattered. Every Everyone mm. was treating it like it was a stepping stone to marriage and that marriage was God's greatest gift to mankind. And that if I, uh, you know, met, found some guy and um, he wasn't the one and I married him, then my life was over, you know? And yeah. it's just, it was so much pressure and fear wrapped around it. And I just was like, well, well what do I do in the meantime? Like, what if I don't want to date right now? Or, you know, I just, there yeah. were so many questions I had. And I said, you know what? I want to live my season um and and write this out because there there I want to write the book that I need right now like there's nothing on this shelf that can tell me or answer these questions and so I sat down I actually had a um I had found a notebook at Target and I talk about it at my actual these are my actual journal entries Mm -hmm. in the last nine years so I every time I journaled I knew and I visualized my reader and I knew that I had to, I had to tell it all. I had to be honest. And I knew I was, I was writing the book for someone else that would one day, you know, read it and it would be their compass for their season to navigate on their own. And so I was very conscious and aware, um, even making decisions in my dating life. Um, I, I, yeah, I was very aware of all of that. So, yep, I I started the book with the intention of writing a book and living my story. Yes. Oh, I love it. That's beautiful. And so can you kind of give us like a, you know, you said this whole time, 
even in your dating choices, you had uh, your reader in mind or like the girls that were going to come up, you know, in the next generation that would have these heart questions and, you know, that you were kind of doing all this for them. So what, what are some things in your book? Like what, what's kind of the heartbeat of the message? Sure. Well, so the, I will also preface this and say this is definitely not just for girls. I know this is a women's podcast, but yeah. um, this book, I, I, the majority of the message I, messages I receive are from men, actually, who've read the book. Wow. And I wrote it in, with the intention of it being, you know, for both genders, mm-hmm. um, because I just feel like, again, with this topic of singleness and dating, it is so, uh, you know, it's actually <laughs> become so feminized. Mm, um, yeah. Yeah, it's so feminized, and I feel like there hasn't been a language or, or um, you know, a wave of communication that men can actually jump on and say, yeah, finally, like, someone gets it. We're, we don't want to constantly be painted this love story over and over and over again. We want to romanticize the season that we're in, not just the season that we're wishing for. Yeah. And so um, so the, the theme that is woven throughout the whole story is – how to let go of finding the one, how to let go of controlling your own story, how to let go of trying to be something for someone in order to manifest this love story that God is holding behind his back and waiting for the most, you know, opportune time to bless you with as soon as you're worthy and deserving of this relationship. Mm -hmm. Let that go and start embracing and living and loving the life right in front of you. Mm -hmm. That means the call of God in your life, wrestling with that calling. That means confronting your religious beliefs. That means um, confronting the shame and the guilt that you may have picked up over time, confronting maybe even your fear to step into relationship, maybe your fear of being alone with yourself and needing some time away from dating. Like there's just so much woven into the story that's so much bigger than the concept of, oh, just um, just love your singleness or, you know, don't worry about or oh you know what like you'll find that person eventually when you're finally content in your relationship with God like I blast all of the (laughs) uh, you know just the the stereotypical sayings and there's so many things that that singles have thought especially Christian singles we've thought in our head but no one has had the courage to say yeah (laughs) and say like why are you telling me this there's been so many idioms and just yeah things that I feel like finally we're all getting to a point where it's like hey um that actually didn't help me that wasn't serving me and that wasn't in alignment with the heart of god no the absolute and ultimate promise and blessing from god is your salvation and the beauty of witness and intimacy that he's offering you right now it is not in a relationship it is not in becoming a mom or dad it is i mean those are beautiful incredible moments that we will celebrate in our life but we are not putting our life on hold and acting as if God is withholding or waiting to give us anything and as if what he has given us isn't enough. Right. So it's just really the whole book is a journey in an adventure. It takes you on an adventure to see life and your singleness through the lens of eternity and through truly, I believe, just the heart of God that he has for you in this season to take you um, yeah, in, on a wild adventure as you are learning just to live and love the life in front of you. Yeah. It's beautiful. I, I, I'm over here just like the whole time you're talking, I'm just, I'm like nodding my head. Like yes. my, I'm going to have neck pain tomorrow because I'm just like over here <laughs> nodding. Um, It'll be worth it. <laughs> yes. No, I, I love that. So what are some 
um, like what are some heart lessons, I guess, if I don't know if lessons is the right word, because that makes it sound like, you know, like a consequence, like, well, did you learn your lesson? But, you know, like just along the way, you know, especially as you were writing these things down and kind of living, living this out in real time, um, like what are some things that you learned along the way, maybe about yourself or about the heart of God or, you know, just some, some times that he spoke to you and, and really showed up and, and, you know, showed his goodness and his faithfulness. Oh my gosh. So many, where do I begin? Right. You know, <laughs> it really is. I mean, nine years, that's a long time. That's a lot of lessons. That's a lot of, and I don't even like to call them lessons. Like you said, because I don't like to look at the hard things or the pain that I walked through and, and view it as like, Oh, well, God was teaching me a lesson. Right. It, I think that that's no mother or father is like, ever wanting to inflict pain on their child to teach them a lesson. I think that, you know, you allow your child to take steps and as they're taking their steps, they might stumble, Mm -hmm. you know, stumbling, there's growth. There's, there's, uh, yeah, there's just, there's beauty that happens in that stumbling, but you're always with them and you're always going to catch them. Yeah. um, and you know that in that stumbling that they're becoming stronger and they're becoming able to walk and eventually run. And so I think that that's the same perspective in anything that we walk through that's difficult or painful or even in the waiting season that feels like it's so prolonged and there's so much disappointment. Mm-hmm. I think that God is always saying, hey, this is part of your becoming. I'm so with you. And I, you know, and I understand the stumbling is not easy, but, um, but you're becoming something so beautiful. And I can't wait for you to see yourself on the other side of that. I can't wait to feel the joy and the beauty and the blessing on the other side of your pain. Um, but in the process, I would say some of the things that I, I look back on, I'm like, wow, that was a transformation (laughs) is understanding honestly that I'm never going to miss the plan of God if my heart is genuinely devoted to him mm-hmm. you know there I'm in my process and then you'll read it about it in the book where I felt like I was I, I was so lost to my purpose I was so like I was so terrified that I was missing the plan of God on my life because I had become so addicted to ministry. I was so addicted to productivity and all of these things. And when something shifted in my life and I no longer, I no longer could produce at that level or no longer was needed at that level. And I was just like a surf instructor or, you know, a nanny or I was figuring it out. And and I, and I just was like, who am I? What am I doing? Like, I'm just, I feel like I'm taking rocks. I'm not even, what is my meaning of life? And yeah, and I and I felt like I was just trying so hard to just be okay and um and and try to please God and try to do all the right things so I could get that same sense of, you know, oh I'm worthy and um God wasn't allowing it anymore. He was straight up allowing me to feel like I I like almost like, you know, it wasn't enough because he needed to be enough for me. Yeah. And so I wish I could, you know, go back and just like give myself a hug (laughs) because (laughs) ultimately God, it was like, girl, I'm leading you. Mm. I got you. You're good. You don't need, you're not going to miss it. Your heart is so pure, Esther, but you're striving so hard to be something or to do something for me when really I just need you to like love yourself. Yeah. And 
and love the journey and embrace the journey and understand it's a process. You're not going to figure it all out at once. You don't need to have it all figured out. And, um, yeah. And so there was just so many moments where honestly, I, I went through a season of questioning my faith and mm-hmm. I had never done that. I mean, I had never done that. I had never had like this wild season of rebellion and mm-hmm. I wanted to, I wanted to be the bad girl so bad. <laughs> like, <laughs> You know, I I do have a little bit of a rebel in me, but I always ended up doing the right thing. And so, yeah, I feel like I needed to go through that in order to have strong convictions. Yeah. You'll see in the book, I mean, I take it to as far as I, you know, I'm in a, a, a hostel in New Zealand in one story and I meet this guy and we end up in this hostel together and it's freezing cold, raining outside. The hostel is like a an old house that felt like a haunted mansion and, and it's just like nice. setting up oh my goodness it's like a steamy romance about to go down and um, or and or, it, and or it, he's a serial killer it's one of the two yeah, one of the two right honestly could have been a it was a toss-up it yeah. was a toss-up I just met him and, so, and, and um here I was like cuddling with him in this bed and I knew where that could go and I was like hmm you know I in that moment had a conversation between me and God where it was not about a sermon that I had ever heard preached. it was not about a bible verse that I ever you know recited about why I was not having sex before marriage it was not about any of those things none of that mattered mm-hmm. and then it and then I played out this one scenario between me and God and, and I, and I was talking to him and I was like, you know, up to this point, I really entrusted this to you. And I read, I wore the purity ring. I did all that stuff, God, but you know, you never sent me the husband and I don't understand. So maybe this is just like, you know, part of living, yeah. living my life and just right. Enjoying it. People always say, you know, just live in the moment. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. And, um, And I remember just feeling like between me and God, I was like, you know what? But at the same time, like, I just, I love you too much to just throw it all away. And Mm -hmm. this is my story. And I I actually, I want to, I want to keep living it out. I don't want to just throw it away or, or write, write a moment into my story that I'm actually not committed to. I'm not committed to this guy. I don't want him to be a main character in my story. I couldn't stand him, to be honest. And (laughs) I'm just like, as cool as this might sound, I'm going to be the girl in in the, you know, movie where it's like, oh, it's time for, you know, the moment to happen where she falls in love. And it's like this great epic moment. I'm going to be the girl where she walks away and she goes home at night by herself. (laughs) And it's so boring and no one wants to watch that movie. But maybe we need to romanticize that. Yes. Because maybe that's the story that we need to be telling ourselves rather than romanticizing these one night stands in this hypersexualized culture that we Mm -hmm. we think is wild and fun and maybe that's actually not as much fun because we're actually living a story we don't want to live but we're telling ourselves that we do yeah like this is what we're supposed to be doing like soaking up every moment and live life on the edge and just have fun and you know sow your wild oats right it's like and then ask for forgiveness later and when you're when you've grown up whatever that means you know right exactly and I just in that moment I made, I just, I just made a decision between me and God. I was like, I'm not, I'm not making this choice because it's the right thing. I'm making this choice because I want to live my best story. And I know that the decisions I make are writing that story. Yeah. And, and that I want, I want to be able to tell it 
um, and be proud of it. And yeah, so it's just wild. I don't think we do that enough. I don't think we have conversations with ourselves, with our heart, with God enough in these moments where everything could potentially change in our story. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that you said, you know, why don't we start romanticizing the, the story where the girl says, you know what? No. And she walks away and goes home alone. I just like, I love how you just played that out and like the, the imagery that you gave there. And that's, it's so true. You know, I was even thinking like, um, when you said, you know, I, I wanted to be the bad girl, but you know, I just didn't. And I, for whatever reason, I immediately went to, um, Rihanna because her Instagram handle is bad girl Riri. And it's like, like, even just in that, it's like, that's her Instagram handle. It's bad girl Riri. Like it's just, and then you, you know, it's like our culture and of course, because it's the world. So it's like, you know, what else do we expect? But they do, they, they fantasize and romanticize that, that bad girl. And that, you know, again, like, sow your wild oats and just do, do you boo and like all this stuff. But then you flip that coin over, you had a one night stand. Oh my God. Like, you know, and so it's just like, what, what do you want from me? (laughs) Like it's this. And, but I love that. I, I love the fact of like, why don't we romanticize the, the other story? Like the girl who goes home alone and who tells the guy no and you know or the guy too like I mean we're saying girls I guess because like we're just here talking girl to girl but um Mm -hmm. and men too like and and I love that and I this is like a side note but I saw in one of your posts well I've seen it in a couple of your posts on Instagram but um I think this was a couple weeks ago I I think you were maybe like busting some myths maybe of like the purity culture movement or something like that but one of the things you said was um like something about you'll have the best segs of your life and you put s-e-g-g-s oh yeah Yeah, because I would get censored on TikTok if I didn't write it like that (laughs) oh my gosh it made me laugh like the best segs of your life (laughs) yep oh yeah um we need to talk about that yeah so that go ahead yeah go no, no, let, let me have, let me have it. <laughs> no, well, no, I was just going to say like, that was um, kind of my next question for you was like, yeah. what, what are some of those myths, especially, you know, well, really only in the, the church world or Christian community that you, mm-hmm. you know, that we've, that we've heard over and over, especially if you've grown up in the church. Um, but what are some of those myths that, that you can just bust right now and be like, nah, you know what, like this, let's take a different view on this. Yeah, wow. I'm glad you asked that because I feel like for so long I was living these myths out and I was I was building my my whole ethos of relationships, of singleness, of my faith around these myths and I had no idea. And um actually I tackle all these myths in my my devotional on the 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 Version Bible app. Um yes. I saw that. Yeah. I'm, I'm so glad you brought yeah. that up because I, I remember seeing that the other day and I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> no, it's amazing. And I will, I just have to give props to the Holy Spirit because, um, you know, when I sat down to write this devotional as a, um, a deal between me and God <laughs> yeah. last summer, I said, you know what? I got to this point where I was finishing up the book, but I was so growing weary and doing good. And I was just like, is this even a thing? Why am I doing this? I feel like I'm wasting my time. It's been nine years. Is this even going to happen? Um, like, is this even a thing? Do people even care? Why am I doing this? And so I was like, okay, God, I'm going to put this Devo out on the Bible app and I'm going to use this name. Cause I wasn't even sure about the name yet. 
Mm-hmm. I put I think name and I'm like, okay, if it does well, if people, if lives are being changed with it, cool, I'll finish the book. If not, this is on you. Like, this is all you, you know, like <laughs> you told me to do this. So if this doesn't work, then I'll know you're not in it. And it has blown up. It has almost 30,000 downloads, <sighs> um, which is insane. I have other divas on the Bible app and they don't get that much traction. Yeah. So, <laughs> and, and, um, and I just have to say, when I sat down to write it, the myths just poured out of me Mm. and um I didn't I actually don't go into like this I don't talk about myths in the book but there these myths are woven within the topics that I that I do bring up in my journey yeah but myth number one is being single is just a stepping stone to marriage Mm. you know don't realize that we dismiss we dismiss it as as something that's like oh you know it's like I'm just getting by I'm just waiting for my like my Boaz and um you know like I just I keep praying every single day but God's not hearing me I guess it's just not his timing and it's just there's so many weird things that you know Christians don't realize they believe it's just again it's dismissing the beauty and the purpose that God has for us right now Mm -hmm. and um, and so, yeah, that myth, being single is just a stepping stone marriage. Uh, another one is, um, you know, you will finally meet the person of your dreams when you become totally content in your relationship with God. You know, like, it's like this New York Stock Exchange where, uh, you know, like, <laughs> the stocks are going up and down. <laughs> like, yeah. It just doesn't work like that, but we make it seem like that. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and, and it, these are these are myths that I truly believe the enemy just weaves into our self-esteem and causes us, okay, when we're not going to go dating, we're not going to go put ourselves out there. We're not going to meet anyone, you know, and it makes us weird. It makes us like awkward or just striving or causes us to do the opposite. Like we're just going to strive, 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 like read my Bible back cover to cover, you know, so I can grow in contentment so God can, you know, we'll make the great exchange. Yeah. (laughs) And God is just, he's so not afraid of any of that. He's so not afraid of our desires, our emotions, our sexual arousal, nothing. He's not afraid of it. He's like, hey, can I please be involved here? Can I please be the one to guide you? Right. Yes. I I love it. You know, you're just even the way that you deliver your message is is so encouraging. And, you know, it's just so full of hope and grace and all this. And I'm just thinking, I'm like, my Lord, I just... I feel like every, I mean, I don't, I don't know why my mind automatically goes to like high school girls and college girls, you know? Um, I I understand that it just anyone in, in their single season right now, but I'm just thinking of even like some high school girls that I did a Bible study with a few years ago. And I just remember like, this was such a topic of conversation that was brought up all the time. And, you know, I'm like, gosh, I wish I would have had you like back then to talk to these girls but thank you so much yeah Yeah. thank you for sharing that and to be honest you know I wish I wish I had the version of me today 10 years ago too (laughs) yeah (laughs) you know I am but I had Stephanie you know the your pastor you know that was and that's the beauty of life right God continues to just keep growing us and pouring into us and stripping us away from our our false identities and our projected image in our religions and mm-hmm. you know anyone listening right now I just want you to know and feel encouraged that who you are today is is not who you're going to be in 10 years and so just give yourself grace for that process and don't feel like if you're feeling pressure to figure it all out to get all the answers right um, to know your story from beginning to end I just 
I speak over you just peace in Jesus' name because mm-hmm. you know what? God is with you, and the enemy wants you to feel rushed. Mm-hmm. You are he, God is not in a rush. He's not. He is not a God that would ever withhold anything good from you, and he gets to define what good is. I think sometimes we go through life and we become so disappointed. We feel like God has taken something from us that we desired when really I just believe that he's saying, Hey, that that's not my definition of good. That's good to you. Mm -hmm. Um, but he says, um, no good thing will he withhold. And so just keep trusting and, and in the process, I just believe he wants to take you on an adventure and, um, and show you the, the destiny in front of you that he's waiting for you to experience and enjoy because it's going to be so good. And you're going to look back and you're going to say, wow, I came a long way, (laughs) but Mm -hmm. I lived a good story. Yeah. Yes. Beautiful, beautiful words, Esther. I love it. Um, what are, so what's, what's next for you in this, you know, as you just continue to live out your story and, and live life to the fullest, like what, I mean, what's next? Ooh, what's next? That's a great question. <laughs> I, I think, um, I think honestly, I'm focused on what's now and what is new in front of me. I feel like there's so much new God's doing in my mm-hmm. life. And um, this book just being out for, gosh, it's only been two months. Um, it's just been beautiful to just hear from people who've read it and listen to their stories. I'm just so humbled every time I hear from someone who God has just brought transformation into their world and their heart through that story and or through my story. And I think that I just want to keep being a good steward of that and being faithful. I feel like I'm going to be um, stewarding this message for a while. But, you know, eventually the chapter ends and the page turns and we enter into a new season. I will say God, God loves romance. He loves a good love story. And um, in the end, right, that's what that's what we were created for. We were created for love. We were created for relationship, however that might look in your life. And so I can't wait until the day I get to share that. And in sharing it, I'm really excited. Um, I'm really excited just to see lives really know Jesus intimately. Because mm-hmm. I, I just think that that's something that um, we're entering into a season where those who have thought they were near to God or, you know, would call themselves a Christian or, you know, thought they were living the perfect life. Um, I think that there's an awakening happening in the times that we're living in right now. And I just believe that God, when he does these things, when he brings blessings into our lives, when he brings, you know, transition and change into our lives and gives us a story worth telling that it's all to point others to Jesus and to reveal the true Messiah. So I just look forward to however that's going to play out. I know God's already using my singleness story um, in that way. And, and I'm just, I'm so grateful to be a part of that because that really is what it's all about at the end of the day. Like, so I'm just so grateful to be a part of that and everyone else's stories and to get to live mine and share it however God may see fit. So I think that's my focus, if that answers your question. Yeah, no, absolutely. No, I love it. And it's so easy to get caught up in the the next thing. And especially, you know, like you you said um, earlier in the conversation, like it, even if you're in a season that's tough or that's hard, just remind yourself that it won't be like this forever. But especially when we get in those hard seasons, we're like, okay, Lord, but when, when am I going to be out of this? And like, when is this going to, yeah. you know, and when sometimes the Lord's like, Hey, can you just, can you just focus on what I've given you today yeah. and let's do yeah. today. And then tomorrow we'll do tomorrow, you know? 
Um, so I, I love that you have that perspective. Um, and it's just, it's so evident in, in your, just your speech and like how you talk about God. It's so evident, Esther, that you just radiate his love and that, that everything that you do and say you, your heart's desire is just to point right back to Jesus. And, um, so I just want to tell you, like, I just, you know, I know like we've, we haven't even met in person, but (laughs) This is like our first like real conversation together. But um, thank you for just being raw and honest and, you know, just willing to say like, yeah, I'll share my story. Yeah, I'll talk about that season or I'll talk about this if it helps somebody or if it points somebody back to the Lord. Um, yeah. Thank you for just being so willing and and open and and just living your life for God. It's, uh, it's just, it's beautiful. It really is beautiful just to hear you talk about how much you love the Lord. So just want to say thank you so much. Well, thank you for giving me an opportunity just to share with your community and be a part of something that you've poured into. And I know you've sacrificed for this and, um, it really is an honor. I don't take that lightly at all. So I just want to honor you in that because your obedience is what paves the way, you know, for, Mm -hmm. um, what God is doing in so many other areas. Like who knew we'd be on a call one day and, you know, like <laughs> know. we didn't even know each other existed. I know. And, and you know, give me an, an, a microphone, you handed me a microphone and entrusted me with the hearts of those listening to your podcast in your community. So thank you so much for that. I don't take that lightly at all. And I just bless your, your ministry and um, yeah, just your passion to see women live out um, the, the beautiful grace that God has given us to, you know, to live in this life because there are so many lies that the enemy wants to perpetuate in our story um, to yeah. cause us to rip up or to get over analytical and in our heads like we are so good at doing. Oh, my gosh. And yes. <laughs> I just so much freedom over this podcast and over what you're doing. And oh, one thing I can say about you is that you're a mama and you are crushing it <laughs> as a mama and as just living in your story and just saying yes you know I love the fact that you scheduled your nap time with your toddler probably and (laughs) this podcast at the same time so everyone listening you just need to know Leanne is a boss she is a (laughs) boss and 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 I just that is when I look to my season of becoming a wife and a mother um you are it's like looking at your example is just what gives me so much joy and excitement for that season rather than like oh my gosh like well I have to sacrifice everything that I love to do it's like no there's a new grace for it so thank you for even just leaning into that and being that example oh thank you so much that's that is so encouraging girl it's um I really appreciate that 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 did my soul good so thank you very much for saying that (laughs) um Okay, cool. Well, we'll uh, we'll just wrap up here with some fun, lighthearted questions. Um, just a few things that I always ask every guest who comes on the podcast. Um, just a little insight to your day to day life. So, my first question for you is: What are three things that you do every single day? Okay, every single day. Every single day, I well, of course, I make my bed. I think that's so important. Mm. <laughs> you might not have expected that answer, but yes, no, me too. I make my bed every day. It's like the oh very God. first thing I do. <laughs> oh my God. I'm like trying to think back at a time in my life where I didn't make my bed. And like, I was, I was a mess. Like, how did I not make my bed? <laughs> but I just think that that just sets the tone for the whole day. When I yes. make my bed, I feel, I feel disciplined. I feel um, like I'm ready. I feel like it's just, it feels new. It feels like it sets the tone. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And Agreed. I just think that that repetition of just doing the same thing, just that simple discipline. And um, I'm sure everyone listening is like, okay, Esther, you need help. Like, you actually had to discipline yourself to make your bed. <laughs> like, okay, listen, get off my back. Okay, I'm not perfect. But I just make your bed. I do that every single day, and I just love the feeling of it. So yes. I do that. And then another thing I do is I go outside, and on my way, if I'm not – go into my car. Um, I actually have the beautiful blessing of living right by the beach. And, um, so I'm able to see the ocean as soon as I kind of walk out my front door. And yeah, I walk out there and I just, I pause and I just thank God for the day. I thank him for the opportunity to live another day, but also just to live in such a beautiful place that Mm -hmm. I can literally look around me and see, just the beauty of God and the beauty of heaven and a glimpse of heaven. And it just brings so much life to my soul to, to live in a place like this. I'll never take it for granted. I've, I've yeah. lived in other places and it, and it, you know, wasn't as, as beautiful, but, um, but yeah, I just, I always want to acknowledge and just look up at the, the sky and look up at the view or go somewhere that has a beautiful view and just thank God for, yeah, the creation that he's given me. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Yeah. A third thing that I do, um, let's see, let me just try to think of something that's not so, like, you know, uh, productive, I guess. Um, What do I do? Oh, you know what? This might be weird to say, but I intermittent fast every day for the most part. Oh, yeah. um, I mean, that's not super fun to share, but honestly, it changed my life. And if anyone, like, has stomach issues out there, I used to have really bad acid reflux in the mornings uh-huh. um, or IBS. And it has been a game changer. I, really? Yeah, I, just, yeah, I eat. I start eating at about, like, noon or 1 o'clock, sometimes, like, 11. But, yeah, I intermittent fast in the mornings, and it's great. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. And, yeah, so I have, like, that window between 8 and, like, noon the next day mm-hmm. when I t- I drink a lot of water and I'll still have a coffee in the morning. Yeah. Um, stuff in it and usually, you know, like coconut oil and that's, oh, that's, that's an important thing. I'm sorry. I'm choosing four things, but I do that's drink okay. coffee every <laughs> single morning. Like gotta have that coffee. And I, yep. and I dab it up with like some either heavy cream or half and half and, uh, coconut oil and some dark cocoa powder and honey. Ooh. And Whoa. In your coffee? That- Oh, yeah. It is the best. Snap. How do you think your coffee? Well, you know, so my husband makes fun of me because he's like, babe, you're not a real coffee drinker. Um, okay. I, so I don't love coffee. It's more okay. of a comfort for me. It's not because, yeah. like, if I don't drink coffee, I get a headache or whatever. It, it's more of, like, a comfort food or whatever, yep. comfort drink. Um, yep. So I drink flavored coffee it's this coffee that is actually um what harvested I don't know what the word is whatever in Louisiana um but it's like a caramel caramel something or other but then I also put French vanilla creamer and so my husband's like what what is that's a milkshake like what is that I'm like I don't know um so I would with your creamer I guess yeah I, I really can't even claim that I like drink coffee like I don't like Starbucks I don't like I mean if if I go to a coffee shop or Starbucks I get like a tea or a um like I don't ever get coffee or anything so I, I don't okay. know I can't really claim to be a coffee drinker I guess so oh no you, you totally can claim it girl why not <laughs> now now if we talk sweet tea 
That's a whole other level, girl. That's a whole other level. Okay, educate me. What do I need to know? I'm not I'm not a big sweets girl. I usually do an unsweetened tea, but please, if I'm going to indulge, what where do I go? Yeah, well, you I unfortunately, I think you got to go to the south. Um, okay. Well, that's not unfortunate if you have to go to the no. south, but I just no, like there's no sweet tea up here. Um only Chick-fil-A up here right. sells it. That's right. the only place you can find it. Um but I mean, I make I make my own sweet tea or whatever, but like did you you ever watch Gilmore Girls? Oh, yes. You, okay. Oh, yeah. Do you know how, like, there's an episode where Lorelai, she goes into Luke's, and she tells him to give her coffee and an IV, and she, like, yes. pats her veins, like, just hook me up yes. to an IV? That's how I feel about sweet tea. That I'm, like, awesome. I can drink it morning, noon, and night, I, like, wow. all all the time. It's a problem. But sweet tea is my jam, for sure. Okay. Wow. <laughs> That's probably um, more than you wanted to know about me. <laughs> no, I love it. I love it, and I, I am, I... I'm just, I'm inspired. Thank you for sharing that. Oh, anytime. <laughs> you know, when the day comes where you and I do meet in person, because I believe yeah. it will happen, I will yeah. bring you the biggest sweet tea I can find so you can okay. have it. I'll, that'll I, be my thing. My life's going to change. Yes. Hopefully, um, hopefully I don't get addicted to it. <laughs> right. I know. That's the problem. It's, uh, it, it, it is, it's tricky it's like that. It's an indulgence for yeah. sure. You got those moments for yeah. sure. But Stephanie keeps sweet tea in her fridge. Like, she makes, you know, because she's from Texas, so. That's right. That's um, right. So, like, right when we moved up here, we were at Josh and Stephanie's, like, almost every day just because we didn't know what else to do or where else to go. And, like, the second I would walk in the door, Stephanie would look at me and she'd go, sweet tea? And I would say, yes, thanks. (laughs) She would, like. Oh, my gosh. Wow. That's been a full sister right there. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Um. Okay, so my next question, now that we've talked about sweet tea enough, um, yep. who has influenced you in your life and why? Wow, that's a big question. That is, it's a loaded question, I know. <laughs> it's like, what if someone else that influenced me in my life heard me respond with someone else's name and they're like, you know, where do I fall in the totem pole of influence? But Well, you don't, you can be more than one person. You don't have to just limit okay. to one. Okay. Um... Let's see. Okay, well, I will say professionally and creatively, as a writer, Donald Miller mm-hmm. um, is one of my, you know, I one of my biggest influencers for sure. I read almost every single book he's written. Um, really love his philosophy. His outlook on life and storytelling is powerful. It's yeah. totally trajectory of how I write, how I see the world. It's beautiful. So, um, so he's for sure someone who's influenced me in my expression mm-hmm. um and uh, bob, uh what's his name yeah bob goff also oh yeah really, yeah mm-hmm. really love bob goff's which also bob is a product of donald miller <laughs> for sure oh uh, influence, yeah they they um donald would oversee all his writing and you know give him pointers and help him as well you know kind of get it all out and put together but bob i love his philosophy on life he as well is kind of like very similar in the way that he's just wants to say yes to every moment you know mm-hmm. he he had someone get engaged in the, in the back of his house you know and rented a boat for them threw off fireworks he his stories Aww. are just wild so yeah I love I love people who live like that who are just they just want to say yes you know to the moment of life mm-hmm. and I would say spiritually Lisa Bevere um has been a spiritual mother to me in many ways when I was uh you know 18 and weird and (laughs) (laughs) all of my weirdness she just like took me in like 
going to be okay. And, um, and yeah, just walked me through a lot of stuff from a, from afar too, not even like super up and close in person. I think that we, we miss, we miss we're misguided sometimes into thinking that we need to have like this mentor sit down with us and pour into us and do all these things I mean honestly if I could just watch people live um you know and, mm-hmm. and have a conversation here and there once a year I'm good to go like I get it I have the Holy Spirit I see now how you're walking it and living it and I know how to do it you know myself so yeah um, she's someone who's really um and I'm grateful she she wrote an endorsement for my book which is so so Aww. huge and so sweet yes Uh, but she was like a mother more than a mentor she's just like yeah you know how those there's like those people in your life that just sort of like you know it's gonna be okay they don't even need to give you advice yeah they just close and hold you and they're like you don't you don't you can rest you can just rest yeah yeah you just drive um so that was really i was i'm so grateful for her and um Let's see. Yeah, definitely, definitely, Stephanie and Josh Roberts. Um, yeah. You know, they have just set such a beautiful example and modeled. Um, yeah, just obedience, right? Obedience to Jesus. That's mm-hmm. not exactly sexy <laughs> all the time, <laughs> and it's not exactly you know what we're gonna you know always want to tell the the stories of our obedience because we're like oh that's really boring you stayed somewhere for 15 years you stayed that's it all you did was stay faithful Mm -hmm. and you know and I just think that again like we need to romanticize that we need to talk about um the boring mundane moments where this is just hey this is God is in this moment too and the nap times in the play dates in the going to the grocery store he's in it all and um and he's so willing to take you on an adventure in those moments and so yeah, I just I love um I'm so grateful for Stephanie and Josh for yeah setting that example for me yeah. and I could really go on and on and on so I, let's just stop there so I don't you know make your podcast <laughs> five hours long I know that it, that's a tough question I know I, I don't it, I think of my own answer to that question I'm like oh lord at, like how much time yeah. would we have you know but um, yeah, if you yeah, if you really want to know more, you can fast forward to the the back of my book. I have a whole gratitude page. <laughs> so. Oh, nice. Okay, okay, good to know. Yeah. Um. Okay. So you know, with you being a writer and um, so many authors and creatives who you know have influenced you and that you've looked up to, um, I'm sure you read a ton. So, what are a couple of books that have really impacted your life that they've left a mark on your heart? Yeah. Um, you know, I actually prepared a list for this question because I was on a podcast a couple weeks ago and I was like you know people usually ask that question like what books you've read um and I love that question but as I was making my list I I wrote down literally two books (laughs) (laughs) I love it it's so funny because in, in pertaining to this area you know there's so many other books I read on you know financial literacy or leadership or um you know different the aspects of life but when it comes to singleness and you know this this topic that's why I wrote my book is because there wasn't right <laughs> there wasn't what I felt like was really speaking to me but I will say there was a book I read um back in my early 20s that really shifted things for me and it was by a pastor named Sean Bowles I don't know if you're familiar with him Mm-mm. He's a pastor out of um, Pasadena, actually, very prophetic guy and very involved in Hollywood, actually, um, oh. just 
yeah, awesome. His their church is awesome. Well, he wrote a book called A Non Religious Guide to Dating and Being Single, and it was just really funny and totally what I needed at the time to to unwind some of the myths that I was believing at that time. And every myth that I talked about earlier, I believed. That's why I can talk about it. Yeah. So he really helped debunk a lot of that stuff for me and brought a lot of freedom into my life that I thought, well, I couldn't ever date because I'm going to betray Jesus. And he's like, okay, stop trying to date Jesus and actually date a person. <laughs> it was so good. And then there was another book called Hooked, which was really fascinating to me um, because it actually is written by psychologists on the uh, – the, the the inner workings of our brain when you're having sex oh wow and all of the statistics um surrounding sex before marriage and after marriage and it, it's just it was very cool because it was very um it was bible foundational but it also was just so psycho psychologically grounded in science yeah. <laughs> and yeah. i was just like how can people who are not Christians not look at this data and not realize the beauty that God has actually woven within our biological makeup? Wow. And um, yeah, that really brought a new light to things for me as well, because I think sometimes we just, we're like parrots, we rattle off Bible verses and we don't actually have a true conviction from the Spirit yeah. or, or an actual, you know, like um, groundings and evidence for our belief systems we just say what we want to say because it's the right thing to say but that really helped me understand wow this is how God physically created my body to function and the context in which his blessing on my sexual life will thrive yeah that book that's incredible I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to look into that one that sounds great yeah um okay and then my last question for you is what is something about you that would surprise people Ooh, I love this question. I have so many answers to this one, actually. I have, I've done some crazy things. I've had some wild things happen to me. You'll read some of the moments in the book. Some of them I couldn't even put in the book. You know, it's just like yeah. this book will be long. I'm sure you have similar <laughs> stories as well, probably like wrestling alligators in Louisiana. Right, or, right, yeah. Because, yes, yeah. that is what we do, 24 seven. <laughs> oh, that's what you do on your crawfish and all of that. Yes. Gumbo. Um, uh, yeah, I will say... I, um, one of my favorite facts about myself is that for a day, I was a hand model for a day. I was a hand model and I was a freaking good one. And it (laughs) was not for like anything cool. It was for baby toys, like kids toys. (laughs) So like I show up to this job, not having any clue what I'm supposed to be doing. It was just through a friend of a friend show up to this job. And the guy's like, um, did you bring your bathing suit? And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, I'm not trying to, like, model in a bathing suit. <laughs> and and um, he's like, no, you're going to be in a bathtub playing with kids' toys. <laughs> what? Like, Wait, what? You think my hands resemble that of a child? I don't even know how to take that. If this is not a compliment, I don't know. So, yeah, I sat on the edge. Of, I'm not I'm not about to get in a bathtub with a dude I just met who's going to be taking photos of me. Are you kidding me? That's a scandal waiting to happen. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I just, like, sat on the edge of the ba- the bathtub for, like, four hours and played with these little alphabets. You know it. You're the mom. Yeah, you, yeah. <laughs> there's these bath toys. Like, that is, like, your lifesaver right there. Yeah. So, I'm the one that marketed them to all of the... Yeah. Okay, wait. Parents. Oh my god. So many questions. <laughs> yeah. I know, right? Okay, I just how did you how did you land that gig? 
it was a friend of a friend, a friend. She uh, was dating a guy at the time, and his roommate was um, a freelance photographer and videographer, and he would get these jobs assigned to him from an agency, and they would send him all the products. And, yeah, he had this one um, business that he would work for, and they would send him all these toys, and he had to have hand models for them. Oh, (laughs) You know what's even funnier about the story is that afterwards, he asked me out. He called me the next day Stop. and he was like, hey, I had a time with you. Really loved your baby hands, I guess. I loved it. <laughs> really your hands were your- super sexy. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, I'm into that. I'm like, um, okay. Oh, that's yeah. fantastic. I love it. Yeah. 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 Oh, man. Well, Esther, you are truly a joy to talk to. Um And I just, I love hearing your story and all about your life. And I am just so, first of all, I'm so thrilled that we're connected. I feel like now we truly are friends. Yes, Um, we are. But just to see, like, just, you just keep continuing to do your thing and live life to the fullest and point everyone towards Jesus. And I'm just super thrilled to, you know, see how everything unfolds and continues to unfold. So um, thank you again for just coming on today, taking time out of your day and sharing your story. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Leanne. It's been so much fun. We'll have to do it again soon. And yes. if not in real life, let's make it happen. I know. Oh, what a dream. What a dream. And we're going to link um, We're gonna link your newest book, Single Shouldn't Suck. We're going to link that in the episode notes. And yeah. um, also your, can we link your, um, your devotional on the Bible app? Surely. Yeah. 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 You can link. You can just copy it straight off the Bible app. It'll send people there as well as I'd love for you to add um, for people that are interested in buying the book from my website. You can use the code get up girl and uh, offer 20% off to anyone listening who wants the book. Yes. Oh my gosh. So fun. Thank you. Yes, we will definitely do that. And we'll link your website as well. All that in the episode notes. And um, is it okay if we link your social media as well so people can find you and follow you if they'd like? Oh, totally. And reach Mm -hmm. out. Don't just, you know, be a stalker from a distance. Let's chat. Let's have a conversation. (laughs) I love, love, love talking to people. Yes. Oh, this is so exciting. Well, thank you, Esther. Um, You are just, you are incredible. So thank you so much. Thank you. So are you. Thanks so much for connecting me. I'm so excited for all that the future holds. Let's do it again soon. Yes, girl. Woo, I hope y'all were taking good notes because there were some golden nuggets of truth and wisdom in there, y'all. Thank you, Esther, for sharing your heart and encouraging so many around you. You are a true gem, my friend. And guys, make sure you check out the episode notes for all that was mentioned, how to connect with Esther on social, how to find her devotional, and how to get 20% off her newest book, Single Shouldn't Suck. Yes, we will see y'all next time.